Welcome to Standing on the North Bank, the Swansea City podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to a new season and a new episode of Standing on the North Bank. This is the Swansea City podcast from us here at Wales Online. My name is Matt Davis. With me today is Ian Mitchellmore and happy to say Tom Coleman is able to Join us. Um, afternoon, gents. You okay? Afternoon, all. All right. right. Yeah, good. Okay. Plenty, yeah. <laughs> Plenty to talk about. Uh, another summer of well, massive upheaval at Swansea City. Um, new manager, um, again. Star players leaving again. Um, we'll start with Cooper then. Early thoughts? He's only been here a matter of weeks, really. Initial impressions? Yeah, I'm impressed. I've been... Um I was at a couple of the pre-season games and spoke to him at the press conference ahead of the whole game and you know he's he's clearly keen to keep things a lot of things in place that were there last season while obviously making his own tweaks um, you know he doesn't want to rip up the rule book because let's be honest a lot of good work was done last season by Graham Potter's staff and the, and the players so <clears throat> uh, six wins from six in pre-season which is encouraging but obviously you know unless you go and do the business in the championship it means nothing but it's it's been an encouraging start under him, and you know it's it's a youthful squad anyway. And the signings that, that they have brought in, it's you know it's carrying on that youth sort of emphasis really. So yeah, early days are promising, but you know, ask me again after the whole game, and fingers crossed, I'll be saying the same thing. I will be asking you after the whole game, I'm sure. <laughs> um, Tom, you you saw him a couple of times over pre-season. Um, your initial thoughts on on how they've how they've sort of adapted to the new man. Um, well, I think it's, uh, as Ian says, I don't think he has completely ripped up the rule, but there's definitely still signs of the uh, of I don't know, Potter ball or whatever you want to call it. But um, you know, they, they've played some very very nice stuff at times. Um, obviously, at pre-season, you've got, you've got to take it with a pin, bit of a pinch of salt. And um, obviously, the standard of opponents they've been playing have, have, have probably you know, not been the most challenging, bar Atalanta. Um, obviously, Atalanta was a sensational result against a Champions League team. But um, yeah, there's been a lot of positives on the pitch. Um, it's just uh, as we've as we've just mentioned, it's it's the issues off it that I think uh, are dominating the agenda at the moment, and there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered. And um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's going to be challenging for Cooper in that regard, as well as getting his uh, getting his team prepared for what I'm sure is going to be a typically rigorous and, uh, and difficult championship campaign. Yeah, I agree. Um, how do you think they've dealt with the upheaval? Which I mean, in terms of it's kind of like water off a duck's back now, isn't it? Swansea summers are always pretty chaotic. Probably have to say that the arrival of Trevor Birch has sort of really calmed, calmed the ship. Yeah, or steady he's, the ship, probably. Yeah, no, I, I do agree. I think he's been really refreshing since he's coming in. I think it was April now. Um, you know, the communication. We've said this numerous times, but that's been key. Even. Um, Today, you're speaking about Ollie McBurney, we'll go into more depth on that with his departure. Came with a statement from Trevor Birch on the reasons why they let him go, where they currently stand, um, and the hunt for transfers. So he's, he's been so transparent, which, you know, let's be honest, fans haven't had in recent years, and that's been a massive frustration, especially at a time where you're losing your best players left, right, and centre ahead of a new season. We saw it last summer. So, you know, not only did the fans have to deal with the relegation, but it was also new staff, new players and you know, like I say it was it was so frustrating for them in those windows so I can see why there was so much anger towards the board at that time but you know Trevor Birch has come in he's been given complete day-to-day control and 
you know, from what we've seen so far, it's been he's been a breath of fresh air. And like you say, with the, with the men that are in place now, they're happy with the backroom uh, team that's in place. And you know, it, it bodes well for the, for the long term, not just for the season ahead, for you know, for the whole football club really. Um, the transfer situation as it stands, um, we're recording this on Friday, the day before the season starts, and Starman Oliver Burney has left. Mm. Um, Big blow, indeed. It is, yeah, absolutely. Twenty four miles, to be honest. Yeah, well, twenty four goals last season. It's. I think trying to replace Dan James, obviously, is very difficult, but it's easier to replace than a striker who scores twenty four goals. Yeah, goals is what everyone wants, and that's why you know you're going to pay a premium. Look at. Ollie McBurney's had very little Premier League experience and you know Sheffield United are willing to pay well, including the add-ons up to 20 million for him so um, which you know, personally I think is a very good deal for Swansea and I can understand why they um, felt they had to accept that you know, because they've rejected three bids before that fourth one was finally accepted so they've done well to get you know better fee for that which will go in a, a long way towards balancing the books even more after last year's relegation but it's just yet another crippling blow for the fans because I mean, you know, he referenced in his statement himself, McBurney, how you know he's a Scottish lad, grew up in Yorkshire, and yet they used to sing he's one of our own. You know, he was, he, was, he really was adored at this club and um, off the pitch as well. He was excellent. He was big character on the pitch and in the dressing room, but off the pitch, you know, he was great with the media. He always gave you his time, and you know, so it's, it's a massive loss in and around the club as well as on the pitch and. You can't just replace someone like that with you know, without spending money. So that that's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree that it it, it is a, a great deal on paper. I think the, the the sense of unease though from a fan's point of view is how much that money is the squad going to see, um, and you know I think I think that's probably going to be the main concern, um, and especially to get a replacement in someone who of McBurney's calibre who can get you fifteen or twenty goals a season. They're not going to come cheap, especially at this stage of the window. So uh, you know it's it's going to be a very very challenging um, last week or so for for Birch to get a replacement in. I mean, you would hope that there is somewhat something in the pipeline because um, yeah, I mean the striking options that they have available. I mean, Bora Baston. It looks like he could he could now stay, but um, you know if if he were to go along with Andre Ayew, it leaves it leaves a very threadbare. Um, well, Fred Bear options up front yeah. foot for Steve Cooper. So, um, yeah, it's it. Birch is going to have to play this one very, very carefully. I think. I think at twenty million though, they they. I think any Championship club would have had to have sold. I think at that at that at that price. Mm. I mean, McBurney obviously a, a proven goal scorer, but twenty million pounds is incre- incredible fee for a player yeah. in the second in the second tier. It is, yeah. You know. Um, like I say, he's, he's an enormous loss. We've 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 spoken about that, but you know, Trevor Birch referenced Bolton, Bury. You know, look at the financial state of those clubs, and even other clubs that he's worked at. You know, Portsmouth, for example, they've only just got the way on the back back on the up. And you know, it's only about a decade ago they were in the Premier League and playing in the UEFA Cup as it was then, FA Cup final and winners. So you know, it shows you how quickly things can ch- turn around. And for the safety of the club in the long term, you you, know, you can fully understand the decision, can't you? Certainly. Um, a transfer that was announced today and incoming, uh, uh, Peterson from Heracles in Heracles, Holland. Indeed. Yeah. Um, he's the fourth signing of the summer. He is indeed, yeah. So we've got Bidwell, um, Ben Wilmot and Wilmot. Freddie Woodman. That's right. Of course, yesterday, um, wasn't he? I saw a little bit of Bidwell at, at Atalanta. I thought he was 
Uh, he was he was decent. I think he's a, a, a shrewd signing. Free transfer. He was, yeah, released by QPR. And I was at the I think it was the Crawley game in pre-season, and the media one man on the media staff there was actually a Brentford fan for Jake Biddle's former club, and you know, he just gave a bit of an insight to him and sort of said he's a, a steady Eddie. You know, he'll give you give you his all. He loves a challenge as well. He can get up and down the pitch. So it'd be interesting to see how he goes. And obviously with Martin Olsen going, you know, he's, he's, he should be first mm. choice left back for the season, barring. You know any any um, major dips in form or any any injuries or suspensions. So. The four signings they they brought in were in areas where they needed to bring in signings. So there's obviously some sort of proper recruitment plan here. They obviously needed a left back. Mm-hmm. They needed another centre back. There's always been question marks over the goalkeeping situation, which yeah. that's you know that is a bit more clouded now that, that another goalkeeper has come in as part of the equation. And obviously. Um, a tricky player out, out wide that's what we understand is that Peterson has come in as a Daniel James type replacement yeah I think rather than a striker yeah definitely I mean um, Steve Cooper at his unveiling actually said you know Daniel James was an enormous loss and they needed to fill that void straight away so Christopher Peterson is someone who can play out wide but he can play up front as well so it will be interesting to see where Swansea find him in their best position you know, will Borja lead the line or because let's be honest, I feel Baker Richardson still might be second choice behind both of those, you know, or one or the other, whoever may be leading the line. So, but equally, you know, if he needs to play on the wing, obviously losing Dan James, uh, Luciano Narsing, you know, Routledge is, you know, start of the season, he's got an injury as well. So he could well play on the flanks as well. So to have that versatility, is, um, it, it looks a really good signing, especially for the fee as well. Mm. We were having a nice romantic walk at lunchtime, weren't we? And we were discussing the Swansea City goalkeeping situation. Yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know where I was. Well, uh, the third, <laughs> third wheel. Um, yeah, we were discussing the um, the, the goalkeeping situation. Um, it's it's pretty confused at the moment. You know, they've now got four keepers on the books. Mm. One's going to have to go. There's only two as well that will be included, usually in a match day squad. I'm at a loss really who's going to start against Hull tomorrow yeah, Where, where's your money it's it's an interesting one but um, if I was a betting man I'd probably lump a few quid on Freddie Woodman it's um, you know any of the three could start you know because obviously Stephen Bender's um, injured at the moment and of course he's the under 23 goalkeeper anyway but I think the fact that he signed a new contract a long term one as well until 2022 I think it was only about six, seven weeks ago tells you that he's going to be at the club for a while Woodman coming in on loan from Newcastle um, you know they're going to want him to get game time because this is his fifth loan away from Newcastle now and he did get an extra year on his deal at Newcastle before coming to Swansea so they're not going to want him to sit on the bench down here then that leaves the question Erwin Mulder and Christopher Nordfeld you know are they backups or does does one of them have to go and you know as, as, as we understand it there is every chance that one of them could go um, this month I, I don't think Newcastle would have let Woodman go unless they'd had some kind of assurance that he was going to get you know, quite, quite a sizeable amount of game time. He's very, very highly rated up there. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if Swansea had made some kind of assurance along those lines. Um, if I had to sort of pick a, a, a keeper as to who might potentially go, for me it probably might be Northfelt. Um, because I get the feeling Cooper is shown a bit more of a preference towards Mulder in the last few games of pre-season. Uh, he's kind of played it down a little bit and uh, I can sort of understand why. 
but uh, reading between the lines, I think Mulder does seem to be his his favourite of the of the two at the moment. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with that as well. I think I think Norvell's probably the the most most likely to 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 leave. Um, right, here we go. Right, checks notes. Um, McBurney going. Arsenal is still short up front. That's what I've written down, um, which is statementally <clears throat> obvious. Obviously, yeah. I think if one more player is going to come in, which I think is likely from what Cooper's saying, it's obviously going to be somewhere in the in the centre forward role. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, hope so. we, we spoke to him before the whole game, and he said, you know, he's eyeing. I think he said a couple. So one of which was a striker. He said himself, and I think. I actually do feel the other one will be an attacker as well. I think we were discussing it this morning. And Is that on top of? Yeah, that I, I, well, that's, well. that's gut feeling. But I mean, definitely a striker, one hundred percent. And then, as I say, the second one, I, I think it will be some sort of attacker. Whether it's a perhaps not a number ten, but a versatile, you know, maybe yeah. a, a winger, bit somebody like you know Peterson, maybe like him. But I think they're stuck at left back, right back. They've got a new goalkeeper. Centre of defence, you could still look at it as a concern, but speaking to Steve Cooper in the written section yesterday, before the whole game, he was, you know, we spoke about Brandon Cooper and Kean Harris, who both played in pre-season, you know, let's be honest, who not many people knew of Joe Roden this time last year, and yet he's flourished in the first team, so the, the same could be the case with one of those two, so, you know, they have got options there, You've, they're not, not experienced options, mm. you know, Mike Van der Horn's comfortably the most experienced the other four are all youngsters if you include um, Ben Wilmot and Joe Roden with the other two I mentioned so yeah that, that sort of suggests to me that it will be somebody further up the pitch given that you know in the centre of midfield they've got Matt Grimes George Byers Jay Fulton of course Tom Carroll to come back from injury as well so yeah I think definitely a striker and probably one more attacking player as well I think it all kind of depends as well on whether Baller stays or not um, because I mean, because yeah, with with Borja out out of the, the first team picture last season, I I thought they were short even with McBurney. Um, so, you know, without I, I, it, it's all going to kind of rest for me on whether Borja is is still there, and then um, Andre Ayew as well. Um, you know, there's still quite a lot of question marks up there, and you know, the, Swansea have made no secret of the fact mm. that those two have, are on wages that that are prohibitively expensive to them. Yeah, um, and I, I can't help but wonder if that might have been part of the reason why they allowed McBurney to go. Um, perhaps they couldn't get the likes of Boro or IU off the books, and McBurney was seen as as, as as a decent chance to 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 get a cash injection. Yeah, well, let's let's touch on 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 Baston for for a minute. I mean, the the, the turnaround there has been quite remarkable, considering he wasn't taken away on preseason tour. He was left back in Wales to sort out his future. wasn't even handed a squad number he was then reintegrated slowly 10 minutes here 10 minutes there got half an hour against Atalanta and and now incredibly he'll likely start tomorrow in the first game of the season there's every chance he could I mean <clears throat> it, it's a bit like what Tom was saying there it touched upon that his I was going to say since he left Swansea but even when he was at Swansea in that season he scored was it something like 7 or 8 goals in 3 years so you know for the fee they paid for him it's been nothing short of a disaster so far so um, it's it's hard to find clubs for that type of player and of course Andre Ayew he wasn't particularly fancied in Turkey last year at Fenerbahce so it's, you can see why it's been so hard to get them off the books but by hook or by crook you know they've not been able to get rid of Borca he's in the final year of his contract so Steve Cooper has left the door open for him to, to stay and you know credit to him he's shown a great attitude in training by all accounts he's been 
working incredibly hard to get himself in, in good nick for the, for the season so if he does stay you have to just hope that you see something from them to you know just give you some sort of encouragement because let's be honest it's been three years of, of, of torture for him at Swansea so far so yeah it's, it's, time will tell on him but if he can't do it in the championship then I don't know where he will let's be honest he's looked lively in pre-season I mean he doesn't look like a player who's counting down the days to the end of his contract he, he's, you know, he's got involved um, I mean it took a very well taken goal up at Bristol um, by all accounts he put in a lovely uh, a, a lively performance against Atalanta yeah. as well you know he doesn't he doesn't look like he's sort of coasting at the moment um, whether that's down to the influence of Cooper I don't know but um, you know that, that, there is a bit of encouragement on, on that front I think as well, is there a sort of a, a case of they're trying to avoid another Luciano Narsing sort of situation where you've got a big name player or big or high earner on the books and, and not and not play and not play them. Yeah, hundred percent. You might if you, if they, if they're here, they might as well be used because that also you know increases their value in terms of trying to sell them on at at, at some point. Yeah, certainly. There's no yeah. point just leaving them out of match day squads. Yeah, I mean it was different with. Yeah, perfect example. But I mean, now seeing last season, they were well stocked on the wings. It was probably the area where they had the most options. Yeah. Obviously now, losing DJ, Narsing, Montero looks set to go. Or they're trying to let him go. So all of a sudden, it's become a, not a problem area, but they are a bit thinner there. Whereas up front, you know, if they don't have the options, you, you're going to think, well, you have to rely on Borja. So you'd rather get that year out of him, and fingers crossed, he can at least make a contribution, whether it's week in, week out, or if it's just as a bit part player but you know, as we saw with Narsing I think it was only two appearances last season under Graham Potter he may as well have not been at the club so you know what his wages were I think in the region of 50 grand a week so mm-hmm. you know that must have been a horrible for the, some of the younger players to see And but you know it's, it's, it's by the by they got on with the jobs and, and that's just why you, you just hope that Borja if he does stay they can't find a club for him then he gets a chance and you know does take, make the most of that really um, it was announced this week that um, that Matt Grimes going to be the skipper for the season. Well deserved, I think. I think we yeah, all agree there. Yeah, fantastic. Think so, yeah. Thoroughly deserved. Yeah, he's, he had a great season last year. You know, he's he's been out on loans and stuff. He's he's worked hard, and you know, he's. I think the way Cooper spoke about him wanting more responsibility, he's such as an important player for Swansea. You know, the way they play, he's a key in the middle of the park. He drops deep in the splits the two centre backs. Mm. His range of passing, a couple of penalties as well. He looks decent, so it'd be interesting to see if he's on spot kick duties this season. Yeah, um, congratulations to him. He's, he's um, a fine choice, I think. Um, Van der Horn overlooked. He has a slight gripe, you think? Considering he filled in so well when Leroy wasn't there last, last season. For me, I thought he played the role of captain better than Leroy did last season. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I think... I think he's kind of judging by the comments he made after the Exeter game. I think he knew this was coming um, because I mean he said after the Exeter game, look, I mean every, everyone's now got it's up. There's other players now who are in the frame for taking the captaincy. So I think perhaps Cooper had prepared him for this. But considering there's been questions over his long-term future already, um, it's not. I, I, I think yeah. it's not, it's not going to do it any favors on that front. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think you can make the argument that Van der Hoek Horn could consider himself un- unlucky to to miss out, but having said that, I think uh, for the reasons that Ian's just outlined, I think Grimes is is, is a great choice. Yeah, he is. He is. I, I mean, I I must admit, personal preference, I prefer a captain to be a centre back. I don't know why. Maybe it's just a bit <laughs> traditional to someone from govern from the back, you know, that looks think, forward. Yeah, but. I think that's why I would have 
pick Van der Horn, but then obviously you know with Grimes getting it, it's you know he's I understand I understand the decision. Yeah, you know, 100%. Um, I've got down here tentative predictions for the season. Now this is what we as journalists you absolutely hate doing season predictions. Um, I had to write a season preview and that was done before McBurney left which has basically put the complete kibosh <laughs> on it but I mean he was or he was that important to Swansea's fortunes this season that almost you have to completely reevaluate. now I thought with McBurney a couple of new players additions if they'd brought in this, uh, Peterson and maybe another attacking player kept McBurney they could have had a sniff at the playoffs Possibly, mm. it would have been difficult in Cooper's first season. We don't know how it's going to go because he's untested. But without McBurney, and if they don't adequately replace him, you're probably looking at around mid-table at best, I suppose. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I must admit, I thought with Ollie McBurney there, they were definite challenges for the top six. Because you know, let's be honest, they were challenges last season, and that was such a year of transition. But losing Dan James, his pace, his creativity on top of that McBurney's goals which that's just by far and away the hardest thing to replace so for me you're looking at that Swansea squad as it stands now who's going to get you double figures of goals and it's you know Peterson you hope but you don't know because he's he's not played in Britain before I know he was at Liverpool but he never played first team football mm. there so yeah he's 24 as well so he's not exactly the most experienced so it looks a good signing and but you know only time will tell with him but you know as we're saying with Borja can he do it we've not seen it yet so yeah if, if, if they had the goals I'd be confident but without them I'd probably say bottom of the top half sort of around that 11th 12th mark slightly down on last season if they can get someone in mm. before I, I, the deadline I'll, I'll give them a chance an outside chance of the top six yeah, I mean, I think outside of the McBurney issue, that I mean, there's two big concerns for me. I mean, one is, although I think the first eleven, uh, even without McBurney, is capable of playing some very, very good stuff. Um, I, I just wonder if if the squad as a whole is deep enough to really have have any kind of meaningful challenge for the playoffs. Um, I just feel that you know, if, if they get two or three long-term injuries, say to the likes of Celine or someone like that, yeah. you know, I think they're going to find it very, very difficult. Um, the other thing, the other concern I have is, is uh, you know, I, was, uh, I thought this looking at them during pre-season and while they play some nice football at times, I do fear that there's not, they're lacking quite a lot of physical presence, especially in the middle of the park. Well, set-pieces are still a problem, aren't they? Yeah. And that all feeds into the, the physicality issue. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but, but I just fear that you know Swansea, they might if they rock up to a team like Millwall, or you know Forest last season was a great example, um, or even dare I say it Cardiff, I, I just fear that they could get bullied, uh, especially in the middle of the park, and I think that could be a very very big problem for them. But um, yeah, I mean th- those those are the two main main concerns for me at the moment, and you know I think as a as you say I think mid table. If we're looking at it, especially in light of McBurney's departure, I think mid-table is probably the best uh, the best outcome we can hope for at the moment. Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. Um, okay, um, we got just less than a week now until the transfer window closes. Deadline day, uh, five p.m. Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Thursday. One, possibly two. Then we're thinking. Yeah. I'd... I'm almost certain that they'll certain be forward. Yeah, they 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 have to. They have to. Yeah. Let's be honest. If you go into unless 
as we did touch upon, you know, if they don't find a club for Andre and, and Borja, then you have Cross Baker Richardson as well. But I would be I'd be very, very surprised if they didn't bring in a striker. And personally I feel it'd be an enormous mistake if they didn't. Go so on. there's no doubt that they're working on that, of course. So and if they don't find one, it's obviously you'd like to think it was for the right reasons because they couldn't find someone who's gonna improve the squad. But yeah, for me that's that's a must. If they don't get more than one, it's not the end of the world. But if they get a strike, I think that's the bare minimum. Do, do you think that's a striker on top of Borja and are you staying? or? Well, because I think if those two go and they get another striker in, I still think they're short. Oh, no, 100%. I totally agree, but I don't think they'll get rid of both of those players. So, yeah, I feel, I still think that there's a chance for them to get rid of Andre mm. Even if it is for a you know a minimal fee, it's just about getting the wages off the books. He's on a hefty wage, so and he's still got two years left on his contract, whereas Borja has in the last year. And I believe he is on slightly less wages than Andre as well. So, yeah, if if they both went, I agree they'd need probably two strikers. But yeah, if they think, if Borja stays, Baker Richardson, then bring in one striker who's probably going to be a main man. And Peterson could possibly play up front. Yeah, I think it would, that's yeah. what we understood. Um, okay, uh, so Hull, Hull this weekend. Um, we were discussing earlier. Probably more important to get a result rather than see some. Well, obviously, we'd love to see the byproduct of a victory with some attractive football, but I feel like Cooper needs to get off to a winning start, yeah, especially at home. Hundred percent. I mean, we saw it last season where Swansea didn't play good stuff at the start of the season, and yet they beat Sheffield United away, beat Preston at home, got a positive result at Birmingham when they got completely outplayed, and all of a sudden you thought, oh, "Hang on, this isn't too bad," and yet they weren't playing good football. The results were. Yeah, I wouldn't say papering over the cracks, but quickly realised, hang on, we're not the finished article here. So, yeah. And in time, we saw from sort of February to March, April, you know, they played some phenomenal football in that period and lost a lot of games in doing so as well, but won some big games, particularly at home. Mm. So, yeah, get the win against Hull and, you know, fingers crossed, if you can get a good performance as well. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, early on, if you can just get results in the bag, that's, it breeds confidence. The fans are uplifted, you know, especially with people like McBurney going. There, there is that negativity back again, which is a shame because you know after all the good work last year, it's, it was positive going into the season. So, yeah, a win would be fantastic tomorrow. Performance would be a bonus. I, I just think if Swansea are going to win, I think they're going to have to put in a good performance because I, I don't think that team at the moment is capable of winning ugly. So yeah, that, that, that's that, that, that's the that's only thing I would point, say on yeah. that. I mean, we can say all we like about what what we've seen over pre-season, but it's said the real acid test will obviously be against, you know, will be a, a very decent, a decent whole side. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, okay, well, we'll likely discuss all that next week. Um, who do they play week Saturday? Is it Derby away? Is Dar- the first away of the Dar- season. Derby away. Yeah. And then back in the cup then. The back in the cup. Well, it all starts again here. Well, okay, right. Um, well, we'll be back uh, next week to review and preview all that okay cheers all thanks cheers